You are listening to the Shadow Network with KP Ready, your gateway to innovation in architecture, engineering, construction, and real estate, with a sprinkle of startups that are making a difference in between. Check us out on YouTube at Shadow Partners. Never miss a live stream, fireside chat, or talk that we got going on with the industry's most interesting innovators and leaders every single week. You can connect with KP Ready and other innovators in the AEC and CRE industry in the Shadow Partners community. Go to bit.ly slash Shadow Partners community to learn more today. All it takes is a few clicks for you to make a difference. Welcome to the future. And welcome to the Shadow Network with KP Ready. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, this is a live recording of KP Ready Unpacked. My name is Jeff Eccles. I'm a senior advisor at Shadow Partners, and I'm joined as usual by the founder and CEO of Shadow Partners and Shadow Ventures, KP Ready. Hi, KP. Hey, Jeff. Um, you're you're somewhere different today. Um, not in not in the office. Sunny Orlando, Florida. So for those of us that are in the grips of this winter storm, um, we appreciate the sunshine that's flowing into your room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the reason that KP and I get together to record these is because over on LinkedIn, um, KP posts his thoughts and many of his, many of the things that he posts end up being very thought provoking. They, they stir the pot a little bit sometimes. And I have the opportunity to come here every week and say, hey, KP, what were you thinking when you posted that on LinkedIn? And so if, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, if, if you're not following KP Ready on LinkedIn, which is K period, P period, Ready, R-E-D-D-Y on LinkedIn, you should be. Um, this is where you find out what's going on in the VC world, what's going on specifically in investment in uh, innovation around the AEC and CRE world. This is what KP talks about um, many times, several times a day. He's posting over there. So make sure you're following KP over on LinkedIn. And this is our opportunity to get together and unpack some of those posts. So KP, if you're ready, I've selected a post for us to talk about. Oh, great. Rapid <laughs> fire. Blindsided. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Hot, hot seat here. Hot seat. Okay. So you yeah, you, you posted a few days ago, and uh, the post reads like this. The amount of fake research about startups in the built environment is astonishing. It's all such pay-to-play. Sample sizes are small, methodologies are non-existent, and the conclusions are biased. So my question is, where what is this research that you're seeing? Why do you, um, I mean, I, I know you feel that way because it's true, but but what... What's the red flag or what are the red flags that you see and, and what inspired you to to uh, go through and, and post this on LinkedIn? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I have the good fortune of meeting with lots of, you know, CIOs and CTOs and people like that. And, you know, for large firms that have resources for them to research, hey, this product, that product, what's the best? Let me go, you know, figure it out. Let me go pilot it. Let me, you know, mitigate risk in adopting new technology. You know, that's maybe five to ten percent of the world. The mid market 
really has to depend on third-party resources to make decisions. So, you know, in the in the broad enterprise world, you have folks like Gartner that you pay a lot of money to, and they kind of analyze and vet and all that. And you know, and their model is less pay to play; it's play to promote. I.e., mm, they okay. will independently research things. This is my understanding. I've never worked there. They will independently research things. They'll put you on a chart. And if you're a market leader and you're in the Gartner magic quadrant um, of, of products, then they publish the report. Now, if you're that software company and you want to tell the world that you were on the Gartner quadrant and use their logo and branding, they charge you for that, right? So mm-hmm. we're going to pick the winners. And if you want to use our branding to promote your product and its validation, that's cool. You have, you have to pay for that. So that, that's their business right. model. Um, but research and advertising, much like the newspaper industry, is separate. You have journalism and all that, and then you have advertising. They're two separate businesses, and right. these, these paths shall never cross, uh, ideally. Um so, so that, and by the way, so there's the flag of like, who's providing the research, but when there's not a lot of detail, you know, mm-hmm. I'm fortunate that I've spent some time in my, in my, in my career in the academic research world and you'd go to painstaking efforts to communicate in your appendix, like the sample sizes. And sometimes it's even, you even disclose the questionnaire. I've done this research work for large corporates too where part of the report is, here's what the questionnaire was. Here's the questions we mm-hmm. asked. Here are the type of firms we we reached right. out to. Uh, and here's who responded. And it's interesting that none of that is disclosed. Mm-hmm. And um, it's all about giving a company an award so they'll sponsor your next event. Um, and so there's a lot of bias towards that. And so I've... Call, I mean, I, I, I try not to call people out, but I will call the people, right? I'm not mm-hmm. going to call you out on LinkedIn. I don't think that's fair because maybe I get it wrong. Maybe I missed something. But I will call the person and say, hey, I read your research. I think it's bullshit. Like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, there was one report specifically. They were talking about construction management or project management tools. Right. And one of the cited products was Zoho CRM. I was like, how is Zoho CRM? I don't know any construction companies that are using it. Um, that's weird. And so I called the group and I asked them. It's like, oh, yeah, we had one person respond with that. I'm like, then how did it make the top five list? He's like, well, we only had 12 people respond to the survey or something like that. I'm like, then why publish it? And right. then why not disclose that? Like, why don't you tell me more about it? And yep. so, so, so I think it's disingenuous. And then, and then a lot of that has shifted to pay to play. Hey, we're doing a survey of top XYZ software products. Um, if you want to be considered, pay us $1,500 to be in it. You know, and so like, so a well-funded startup pays to play. <laughs> and maybe a, a less, you know, or just based on ethics, they're like, no, like, we're not going to do that. And the problem is there's not full disclosure to the consumer of the product. That is, is a, this is a sponsored product. You know, if you I actually like, if you pull up, uh, you know, I still like getting the ENR magazine to my house. 
you know, and so I like flipping through it. Um, so I flip through it and there are sections that at the very top, it says sponsored se- sponsored section. And right. it's three to five pages. It's an advertorial on a product. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's great exposure. You know, they're paying for that exposure, but um, it's very clear that this is an advertorial. It's not been vetted. It hasn't been fact-checked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, this is, this is where we are, right. In, in our culture right now, I mean, that this doesn't, I, mean, I'll, I guess I'll ask it in the form of a question. Does that actually uh, qualify as research when it's that way? Because I don't, I don't think it does. No, I, well, so there's, there's, there's kind of a couple parts of research, right? One, what is the research goal, right? You have to have a, a thesis around your research, right? Right. Then you have to build the target criteria. We're going to target XYZ companies. We're going to target this persona. Like you have to do some deep work around that. And then you have to have a great questionnaire that hopefully extracts that information from that person. And then you push it out to the world. Then you bring all those, all that data back, and then it's charts and graphs, charts and graphs, right? That should all be very pragmatic, of no opinion, right? Now, your Excellent. findings and conclusions, then you get to maybe insert a little bit of editorial aspect well, to it. And, and that's okay, right? Calls, as, long as, yeah, right. as long as you're presenting the facts. Um, and so, you know, we, we stop, you know, we do some research, but I would say as we've tried to stop, um, it's more like, here's the landscape of construction tech. And, you know, I'm an investor, so I put my companies on there, obviously, and the people know those are my companies, it's clear. I also put their competitors on there. I'm right. not excluding people because I didn't invest in them. Um, I even put people on there that I don't particularly like. But I'm not giving people an opinion of this one's better than that one. I'm just saying this is the landscape. These are all the companies I've been tracking in a particular segment. And here's a bunch of logos and here's some info about them. Um, And so I think it's all about disclosing how you approach it and and why you do it, like why you're doing it. Um, And this is this is an area where I think I've been having a lot of conversations with academics that do this stuff you know mm-hmm. they do it for a living right, right. and um you know they, they have these methods right they're academics this is what they do for a living the second thing i think is super important is you have to have some oversight someone asked someone commented on the post and they said well what do you suggest i'm like you should have just like you have an editorial board or anything else there should maybe be an advisory board of people with deep reputation that aren't going to let something go out without it being, you know, without it being right. One, without it being correct. And two, without it being biased. So I think it's, you know, I think it's a, you, when you have influence, right, whether you're an events company, right, or a venture capitalist or an individual like me, and you have some degree of influence in a market, um, I think there is a responsibility um, to, to make sure whatever you say, you know, yeah. um, is taken at face value and has some criteria. You know, I, I like posting stuff all this time. It's like, I might be biased. I right. invest from this company. However, mm-hmm. this is what I believe. And I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, so let's flip it around for a second because you started out talking about the, the CIOs, the CTOs, et cetera, the people, the people that need the information, that need the research. So if if you're one of those people, and you know, and you mentioned the different tiers, right? If you're in one of those lower tier that doesn't have access to, you know, some of the other things, uh, or maybe you're a startup founder that that um, needs the research or needs the information. How do you go about getting that in this landscape of fake research? What's the what's the best methodology if if, if I'm starting something or if I'm the the CTO or CIO at a at a, a smaller firm, I'll just say it that way. How do I go about getting the information that I need, yeah. knowing that that landscape is the way it is? I think uh, a lot of it is trusted networks. I think you have a lot of people that have you know three or four of their peer group, um, and so they kind. Of, I mean, the simplest fact is asking around because also um, if you're a large general contractor, right? You're a Hensel Phelps. Your size, your needs do not align with a $200 million contractor, right? So it, you, you want to, so I think having great trusted peer groups mm-hmm. um, that maybe have already looked into it and are sharing it. There's a lot of these informal peer groups that exist. Um, so I think that that's one way that it happens. But, you know, the problem is like, um, I, w- I was talking to the, the chief innovation officer of a big engineering firm this morning, and he was like, yeah, you know, I get a lot of calls from small, much smaller engineering firms saying, hey, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, we've already, we went through that process five years ago, right? We already, and, yeah. and so I'm able to offer some support and advice. So I think that's, that's really all you can do is, you know, talk to the people that you trust. Um, talk to the people that, you know, don't have, you know, they don't have anything in it for them. And hopefully they give you some good advice. And, you know, generally, I think um, reference checking, reference calls is is a good process. And I think asking questions about the, you know, no product is perfect. It's all about, is it a good fit, right? Everything is about fit. It's not good or bad. Everything is fit. And I think a lot of what you have to do is ask great questions about, hey, here's what we plan on using it for. Here's the size of our firm, blah, blah, blah. And then a customer of the product might say, you know what, based on what you're doing, I don't think it's a great fit, man. Like, I think you should look at something different. Uh, so I think it's it's super important to really focus on fit. Um, and I think, you know, having these trusted networks is, is super important. I think... You know, on our platform, we try to post stuff. You know, people try to post stuff. Um, some of it's biased. You know, if, if someone on our platform is to see is the founder of the company and they post something about their product, you know, it's all disclosed. It's yeah, it's the founder of the company, so obviously, right? They they love their product and it's a perfect fit for everything. Exactly. Um, but I do think um, the disservice that happens through this fake research that happens. Um, I think it's it's detrimental because for a lot of mid-sized firms buying a product, it's a big risk. You know, it's not just money, it's credibility. Oh, you're the guy that deployed that new construction management tool. Oh, great. Like, you know, you, you become that guy and reputation matters. And, you know, it's it's pretty detrimental. And 
so I think a lot of times if you're highly risk averse, you just don't do anything, right? You do something, you weren't well informed, you get smacked around for it, um, or you don't do something and then, you know, we continue to be a laggard industry. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, a little bit of truth in advertising, so to speak, becomes important. Yeah, I, I think that's a really important perspective in, in this industry because, you know, if, if I am one of those mid-sized firms, um, you, you know, the, the operations and systems that I have built are at extreme risk with change like that. And we're running on on small margins and, and any sort of disruption of that, right? I invest in this, it didn't work out. That's that can be a huge disruption in my my whole uh, process and systems affects my profitability or lack thereof. It like you said affects my reputation. Client thinks, oh, that project didn't run very well. Well, yeah, it's, we we tried this new thing. You know, we're going to take some of the blame of that certainly because we weren't uh, we weren't uh, up to snuff with it and and uh, the project didn't run well but it's it was the risk that we took on that new tool or that new platform or something um that's that's real real uh, in in the industry in terms of the risk no 100% like when i was in the 90s to date myself um when i was building a lot of companies in the 90s and i was a startup myself and i was pitching to big companies to massive companies and they'd say no and i'm like well why like well look Nobody ever got fired for hiring IBM. We're going to exactly. go with IBM. And I'm like, yep. IBM? Like, it's, they're so far behind. Like, there's nothing innovative happening there. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, I won't get fired for it, though, if we hire IBM. Right. And I think you see that same pattern in our industry, right? You're not going to get fired for buying stuff from Autodesk or Procore or Bentley sure. or any of the other incumbent software companies. But how often is that product really the right fit for you? Right, right, yeah. That, that's that's exactly the point, right? And you know, you were talking about the the uh, you know your peer networks, and of course, is a great place for me for me to plug some of the things that we've got going on. But uh, I have for a long time been a huge proponent and believer and participant in mastermind groups for exactly those reasons. You, know, you can jump in to this group of people that you've gotten to know in a close relationship in in. Uh, the mastermind group say, Hey, what do you use for this? Do you have an example of this? Do you, you know, have a mm-hmm. version of this. And, and like you said, you get honest feedback, right? Hey, we use this, but our firm is focused on this or we're this size. I'm not sure that's the right fit for this focus or that size, et cetera. And um, just yesterday, you and I were both with our innovation leaders mastermind group. And there's, there's plenty of, of, um, that type of conversation that's going to be happening inside these mastermind groups for uh, the innovation leaders or yeah. um, director of innovation, CTO, CIO, that, that type of, of title, that type of job description, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's going to be lots of, of trading of information like that in, in those groups. You know, Jeff, in the venture world, there's a term that we like to throw around, right? We, t- we talk about asymmetric business models or whatever. And, you know, they say the difference between investing, reinvesting in a company that you're already an investor in versus investing in a net new company is the benefit of information asymmetry. 
which just basically just means like, I know something you don't know, right? So if you're already an investor in a company, you know everything about the personality of the founder, the plus, like you just know so much about the company that um, versus a net new company, when you're thinking about, okay, I'm gonna write a check for 2 million bucks and I have to pick between this company and that company. Well, this company I've already invested in and I know them. Um, there's a lot of information asymmetry. So I think one of the big benefits for these, whether it's us or trusted networks that people build on their own, the goal should be to build information asymmetry to give yourself a market advantage. Um, and I think people like the whole, I know something you don't know, which is like from a elementary playground. <laughs> Um, everything you learned on an elementary school playground, I guess, flies in business. Um, but yeah. that one, you know, that one does, right? Uh, I know something you don't know seems to to be a, a difference maker. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. And and um, you know, when you have those networks and you can you can gain that information more rapidly, you, you know, more trusted information, um, that could be a huge difference maker. Yeah. And I, and so I think. Back to the original thinking, you know, my, my suggestion, what I'd like to see more of, which I do, is when people post research, I don't think you have to slam them. I think in the comments on LinkedIn, hey, I want to understand your sample size. Hey, I want to understand this. Like, hey, did these participants have to pay to be in, you know, ask better questions. And I think as consumers, like anything else, right, as consumers of anything, when we start to ask better questions, the product changes. Yeah. It's a rule for life right there. <laughs> ask better questions. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, if you've somehow joined us in the middle of this, first of all, welcome. Glad that you're here. But this is a live recording of KP Ready Unpacked. Uh, my name is Jeff Eccles. I'm senior advisor at Shadow Partners. And as always, I'm here with KP Reddy, its CEO and founder of Shadow Partners and Shadow Ventures. Follow KP, K period P period Reddy, R-E-D-D-Y, on LinkedIn to find these posts that we're talking about, many of them quite thought-provoking. Um, I don't have all, this, all the uh, uh, metrics pulled up on this particular post, but uh, there are... As I'm looking at it, well over 50 people engaged on this one post that you just posted um, a day or so ago. Uh, it reads, the amount of fake research about startups in the built environment is astonishing. It's all such pay to play. Sample sizes are small, methodologies are non-existent, and the conclusions are biased. So uh, what I get to do is come to these sessions with KP and say, hey, what were you thinking meaning what inspired you um, when, when you wrote that and posted it on LinkedIn. So we spent the last several minutes, uh, KP and I, uh, unpacking that, understanding the inspiration and the reality of fake research in the environment, in, in the industry of AEC and CRE, the built environment. So KP, as always, thanks for unpacking this for us, and uh, we'll do it again next week. All right. And for those of you out there that are watching us live, uh, join us again next week. We're going to keep doing this live. Uh, the recording will go to the podcast, but you have the opportunity to uh, to view this live and even, even ask questions, I believe, as we go. So we'll be back again next Wednesday at uh, 11 
a.m. Eastern for the next KP Ready Unpacked. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to another episode on the Shadow Network here with KP Ready. As always, remember you can connect with KP and other innovators in the AEC and CRE industry in the Shadow Partners community. Go to bit.ly slash shadow partners community to find out more today. Until next time.